Apple's protectionist policies prevent you from enjoying services like Xbox Cloud Gaming. And a ban on TikTok and WeChat could affect Apple's bottom line. We'll talk about this and more on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Hello. And Michael Simon. Hello. So there's a recent story about the Xbox cloud gaming services. I guess it was revealed that the service is going to be available is it next month, not that far away. Like, a, yeah, it, it was it's... it was timed with the with the Note 20 launch. So Samsung had a like it's not really exclusive, but they're like the first major phone to support it and microsoft had a you know had their announcement as coming out of beta yeah i don't even know what the samsung thing is because all android phones. i think they're getting it if you if, if you order if you pre-order a note 20 you get it um when it ships so it's a couple weeks early like you get to try it or use it a little bit earlier well, you can do that now um let's start by describing what this is microsoft's been working on a service they call xCloud, that's their code name. And it's their thing that's like Google Stadia or GeForce Now or, or whatever when you, they're running games in the cloud and sending video to your, your phone or tablet or whatever of it and you're sending the button presses back. So you're streaming your games from the cloud, it's not downloads. And they announced that uh, they're gonna launch this on September 15th with anybody who has Game Pass Ultimate, which is their game subscription service. Anybody who has that can stream 100 plus games from the cloud. Currently on Android, you can download the beta app and just get started if you have Game Pass Ultimate. Your, your all systems are go. So uh, they are not able to release this on iOS. And they released a statement calling it out. What's the official September 15th thing? Just that it's coming out of beta in the same. It's the, the exact same, same thing. Form. Yeah, it's they not the, at all? they just released the beta like a day or two ago, and it's just basically its official launch date is September fifteenth for everybody who has Game Pass Ultimate. So, however many millions of gamers that is, their statement on this really called out Apple pretty specifically. They said, "Our testing period for Project X Cloud Preview app for iOS has expired." Unfortunately, we do not have a path to bring our vision of cloud gaming with Game Pass Ultimate to gamers on iOS via the Apple App Store. Apple stands alone as the only general purpose platform to deny customers from cloud gaming and game subscription services like Xbox Game Pass. And it consistently treats gaming apps differently, applying more lenient rules to non-gaming apps, even when they include interactive content. All games available in the Xbox Game Pass catalog are rated for content by independent industry ratings bodies such as the ESRB and regional equivalents. We are committed to finding a path to bring cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to the iOS platform. We believe the consumer should be at the heart of the gaming experience, blah, 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 blah. So they called out, sort of uncharacteristically called out Apple specifically as, you know, making up different rules for games and than it does for Netflix or anything else. And and they're right. I mean, Apple released a statement to Business Insider saying, we're doing this because we can't, th those games are not individually listed in the game, in the app store and rated. Our, our moderators don't get a chance to look at these games and stuff, but they don't rate 
everything on Netflix. Those aren't individually available. They don't, nobody's looking at what's on Amazon Prime Video or anything. So that's, it's sort of a disingenuous argument. It's treating games differently and it's not even just with games held up consistently. We were talk, we're gonna talk about WeChat in a minute. WeChat has interactive games built in. It has these like light class games built into WeChat that you can play. They're not all separate games that are individually in the app store and rated and everything. So it's, it's just BS is what it is. And it prevents xCloud, it prevents Google Stadia, it prevents GeForce Now. Uh, and Facebook Gaming tried for months to get their apps app approved because it lets you stream games from the cloud too, and they couldn't, and they pulled that out to where you can just watch other people play games like Twitch, and then they got their app approved. It, it seems that this would run up against this all this antitrust stuff that Apple is fighting, you know, as we speak. Like it's just money, you know. They want a cut of those. Yeah, they. Well, I think. Apple's ultimate worry is that if they let stream people stream interactive applications within an application, it opens the door to, well, now apps are available, but not through the app store. And not only do I not protect my customers from apps that are going to steal their location and do all this other stuff, but, but I'm also not getting my cut of any in-app purchase or something. Um, and that's possible, but... You're, you're, if when you're streaming apps in video form over the internet, just like Netflix or something like that, those those can't access all of the stuff on your phone. They can't access your location and your gyroscope and all this stuff. You know, there's there's a sort of a very limited set of uh, interactivity and data that they can get from you. So this whole thing about protecting your customers, I mean, there's just absolutely no way something like Google Stadia or GeForce Now or Project xCloud is more of a threat to people's privacy and security than Google Maps. Like it's not even close. And they, they seem to kind of fall back on that, for lack of a better word, excuse, when whenever something like this comes up. They just throw it on the consumer. Oh, we're just protecting right. everybody. Yeah. We, it, we, it, think see. about the children. We have to review these apps and, and look at them and stuff. I mean, for, for, for one, they have age filters in the app store. So just limit it to 14 plus or whatever it is that you, that the, that the highest game. Yeah. And for two, limit it to that. But about Netflix or anything else, like you're not reviewing that content. There's a ton of stuff on there that is, you would not allow. So Apple fans have said, well, it is against the app store policies. It's just Apple's policies. Like this isn't legislation or anything. They make the rules. Like then they can change them. The fact that Apple offers its own semi-competing game service. They, they've split hairs in the too. rules of the game store to make sure that, because they follow their own rules. And that is true. They, they will always say that. But they've made it very clear that their rules are about streaming versus downloads. The Apple Arcade is a subscription game service that you download the games and all the games are, have individual listings in the App Store. There is another gaming subscription service, though I can't remember the name of it, that is reviving old iOS games. And it's the same way. And it's available in the App Store because 
all those games are individually listed, the app and the subscription just gives you access to them. But you download them and they're rated and they're everything else. I think it's called Game Club. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. So, and that's a very different thing. So they go, okay, but that's... That's not feasible for Microsoft to do. I mean, it, it... And uh, to bring it around to our next topic, WeChat has games in it. <laughs> games that are not listed in the App Store that you can't download separately and aren't rated and etc. So, but Apple cannot poke that bear. They cannot do be the phone that doesn't have WeChat on it. That kills the iPhone in China. That is a big problem. Yeah, just for some background, uh, Ming-Chi Kuo, the uh, renowned analyst, uh, came out with a report that's saying that uh, if there is a WeChat ban, uh, iPhone shipments could be cut by at much, as much as 30%. And if WeChat's not available on the iPhone in China, why would a person in China want to buy an iPhone? Because they want WeChat. That's, you know, it's a popular app in China. It's in, for a lot of phones in China, they are basically WeChat devices. Like WeChat is used for tons of like everything from mobile payments in retail, like going to a convenience store and holding up a QR code to, to pay for stuff. Online shopping like Amazon, it's a chat program. It's a social network it's like it's it's basically an an app store within an app like it's an app with all these functions and it's incredibly popular in china and it's popular in the u.s but mostly among people who need to communicate with people in china because it's just so overwhelmingly popular in china that estimation i mean that's a that's a huge number it's a huge number but it's, and but it's it reasonable seems, it seems reasonable because when you're talking about an over-the-top service like this, it doesn't necessarily matter what hardware you're running. Right. And people could just as easily say, well, I'm just not buying an iPhone. I, it might look nice. I might want one, but I'll just get a, a Huawei phone or I'll get a Samsung it's phone. It's like in the phone. U.S. if the iPhone didn't have uh, Facebook or Twitter, <laughs> like both, both Facebook and Twitter, if you had neither one on the iPhone and they didn't have web apps, you had that. Could you have to have the app? How many people would buy an iPhone? Well, it would have really hurt sales. Listen, this is one of those things that, you know, not to get political, but our president tends to say things shooting from the hip. It doesn't actually have any real logistical way to do it. And that, that might apply here. Oh, yeah. So talking about the, the ban on Tencent yeah. and WeChat. Like and... that that seems like a nuclear option that wouldn't, it would, yes, it would hurt Apple, but it would blow up way more than that. He uh, is a fan of negotiating the way a used car dealer does. You start with what they call anchoring. You, you say, you give people a preposterous idea that cements in the back of their mind where the starting point is, and then everything else is reusable by comparison. So he'll go out there and he'll he'll say something like a really hardcore, outrageous principle. And, it, and like you said, it's sort of shooting from the hip. And he's doing that because he wants he wants to find middle ground. What what's what would be middle ground? That's still something else. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, the, you look at stuff like the Huawei ban. He went through with it, and he's pushing harder. He's banning it. Well, th that's even further. slightly different in the sense that I mean, we we haven't seen evidence, but there seems to be mounting evidence that Huawei is indeed working with the Chinese government. I mean, 
Congress and you know there's been it's it's not just him with a with an axe to grind with Huawei. Like this is it's a specific company and it's not just the US. It's not just the president. True. But the justification is the same in that by law all Chinese based companies are required to turn over whatever data to the government the Chinese government that they request. Sure, but there are lots of Chinese companies that operate in this country and aren't subject to that ban. Huawei is a specific case. Right, but he could. But the the worry with WeChat is it's so popular, and because of all the things it does, and because it's a communications platform, it's gathering so much data about people that could be turned over to the Chinese government. That would have to be turned over to the Chinese government. Um, yeah, that's that's their worry. That's the worry with TikTok. Even though TikTok is like this strange, like most startup social media companies, it's kind of a multi ownership situation where a lot of people own a snake yeah well this that's the same thing with um tencent is the company that that uh has the stake in wechat and they have and they're all over the place i mean this could have this could affect you know uh v bucks and fortnite like they own a lot of stuff right but those are u.s-based companies and not required to turn over data to the chinese government you know and and the question is has tiktok satisfactorily moved its operations out of China enough to where it's not subject to Chinese law? Probably not. Yeah, not to say that any of this is justified, but it's it's going to be a really weird place if they ban this. Like if they ban WeChat from all phones, it doesn't, there is no Google App Store in China, right? There's no, there's um, Google Play Store. So there, Android gets hurt a lot less but Google still gets hurt in a way, right? It's like people using Android but not Play services, which is not really what Google which wants. Which is kind of what's happening in China anyway. Right. Like, well, it, it is, and it's not what, what Google really wants. Google doesn't make money that way. They don't make money off of hardware sales. Apple makes money off hardware sales. So it would, it would hurt Apple more than it hurts Google. Yeah, specific, I mean, mainly their, their, their bottom line. I mean, Google making money off of ads, not necessarily Android. I mean, the more Android phones that are out there, the more, you know, it's all a, a very, you know, elevatory type service. But losing Android from X number of phones or, or, or losing Google Play services from X number of phones doesn't affect their bottom line anywhere near a 30% hit on iPhone sales would. It's a real tough point for Apple. And then they're, like you said, antitrust investigation. The EU is about to start up a, big antitrust case. I mean, the case has started, but like they're about to start uh, drilling into Apple and they're aware of the issue with the cloud gaming services and, and stuff. And the EU has not been as forgiving as the US in letting companies do what they want. They have been really strict on this antitrust stuff saying like, well, you don't have a good, it doesn't matter that you play by the same rules you wrote for yourself. It's, it's you're, are you preventing competitors? And it's also a question of whether or not China is going to play ball here, because um, as we saw with with uh, with with Huawei, it, you know, there's a kind of a built-in isolation there, and you know, it it's not they don't these a lot of, of you know homegrown Chinese companies they care about China, they don't necessarily care about U.S. and European sales because they make up such a small percentage of their overall market that. 
you know, they might say, all right, fine. We don't care. We will we'll, we'll run WeChat just fine. Yeah, I mean, they a little bit care because they don't. It's so useful in their China's investment internationally is so big that um, and that's where it hurts. It hurts where Chinese customer companies invest overseas in overseas companies. Um, I mean, that's that's a real fight when you just say it, it might even be bigger than the Huawei ban in a way, because there's just not the alternative the same way. To, to block yeah, well, I mean, Huawei's Tencent footprint and... in the U.S. was not that big. It was growing, but it wasn't huge. Well, for consumer devices, it, it's huge. It's It was really big in, in network infrastructure, and that's really what they were concerned about. They were concerned about China essentially having a backdoor on our network backbones. And now, um, just this week or maybe late last week, they announced that uh, Huawei's Kirin processors, which are really, really good, and rival Qualcomm's, they're not going to be able to make those anymore because they don't have access to the the, 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 the code from ARM. Yeah, they can't so, license the ARM instruction setting. Yeah, is. so the, I don't know what going forward, Qualcomm's trying to say, well, we'll just sell them the Snapdragon, but that takes away a major advantage that, that, that Huawei had, both in the phones and the networking stuff, because those chips are great. They did, a much like Apple did, they did a fantastic job optimizing it and all that stuff. And so, once you, once you, uh, do all the hard work of making a good chip. It's cheaper. Like it, it, it's it costs more to buy a chip from Qual- sure. Qualcomm. Not that Huawei phones are cheap, but yeah, you're right. It, there's definitely a cost savings there, and Qualcomm charges a lot for its for its latest chip. A lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of moving parts here, and you know we'll see. What, what I think they gave a, a deadline of September 15th, so there's about a month to go before things have to be. I don't know, figure it out. I mean, I don't think there's anything, you know, just based on my understanding of this administration, I don't think anything's been written or done or figured out at all. This right. is just, it's, a, it's, an, it's an ultimatum of sorts. It is. It's just putting a stake in the ground saying like, look, everybody figure this out and somebody buy TikTok before. Well, I mean, that was the thing. Microsoft said, yeah, we're going to buy it. And then the White House said, well, we don't care. And then they said, okay, we do care. So you have a month to figure that out. But like TikTok seems to be okay. WeChat is a whole nother thing. I mean, a U.S. company is not going to buy WeChat. I mean, that's that's its own thing. Yeah, it's right. yeah, and it's not for sale. So I don't <laughs> like, I don't know what the end game is there. Like if so, let's say let's assume Microsoft does go through with the sale of TikTok. Then what? Like, does that satisfy people at the top? I don't know. Uh, there's all that weird stuff about like the treasury having to get paid and I don't know what legal authority that has or anything but uh, I think the the bigger issue for Microsoft is that there's both technical and policy privacy issues that are and security issues that are that where TikTok is not up to snuff so they would have to buy TikTok and really Which overhaul it not all from that the roots to do <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it, it isn't that it is. It, it's actually, it kind of seems like the kind of thing Microsoft might do because they, they're buying, it's, it's like when they bought LinkedIn or something, right? Just buying like this hugely popular thing already. It's cost a lot more than LinkedIn. Yeah. Did. Well, I mean, LinkedIn <laughs> makes sense for Microsoft's core kind of strategy. TikTok does not really, maybe, and maybe you can relate it to Xbox if you want to, but it's a totally separate entity. It's, you know, I was surprised that when their name was even attached to it, it seems like more of a Google thing than a Microsoft thing. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, I don't trust TikTok, not because of China in any way, but just because from a technical standpoint, like they're siphoning off a lot of user data and encrypting it and it's creepy and there's a lot of they're relying on like old deprecated hashes for security and stuff it's, it's a security mess uh and if i would i would use tiktok if somebody like microsoft bought them and overhauled it and set out sent out a you know independent security audit that said look we fixed all this stuff I'd be like, oh, great. There was there was rumors that <laughs> Apple was that like kicking the tires a bit, but that that kind of yeah, that makes no not, sense at all, really. does it? That is not at all they could, they an could, Apple. Uh, that wasn't could, a like, rumor started at Apple. <laughs> that was a rumor started by someone, right? Yeah, some analyst or something. <laughs> right. But they can um, they could just work it into the Clips app. Everybody loves Clips. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Clips is is like a photo edit and and video editor and then you just send it off to another social like the last thing apple wants is a social network well they've they've tried they don't want they've user data has to develop with itunes they minor used to have the... social networky type things yeah right right mainly with music with ping and that uh connect thing right things that have as little customer generated data as possible it's the opposite of TikTok. TikTok is everybody's like selfie videos and music rights and all this. It's, it's all this data. And that is not Apple's business. Apple's business is no, everything stays on your phone. We don't want any of this. We don't want to have to encrypt it, deal with it. Like it just everything. No. So yeah, it's just yeah, so antithetical would, to the way. Be surprising, and also there would be the the backlash would be would be hilarious and spectacular. <laughs> I mean, people would be so pissed if Apple bought Microsoft is a is a is a kind entity compared to Apple by TikTok. <laughs> uh, since we're talking about China, and I did not put this on the agenda, there was a report this morning that came out. Uh, Foxconn announced their their uh, quarterly report. But part of that report, they said that uh, they believe China is not going to be the place where people are going to be manufacturing stuff anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it has a lot to do with the election coming up and how things change, if things change. But yeah, I mean, listen, this is kind of a long time coming where it's it, it, it's always been exposed for better or worse in the last couple of years. But um there's been, you know, there's a it, it, there's a lot of reasons not to do business and not to manufacture things in China, and now there's a lot of pressure on American companies, particularly you know Apple and, and Nike and, the, and and you know huge companies to shift whatever remains in China, which it's not everything. You know, Apple makes phones everywhere, and people make things all over the place. Vietnam and Taiwan, you know, it, it, it's everywhere. Brazil, India. Apple really wants to grow Indian manufacturing because India has a big VAT tax on anything manufactured, electronics manufactured outside India. Uh, and as the Indian market grows, which it is, you know, it, but it's price sensitive, that adding on that percent for their, you know, sort of second tier or lower tier phones is, is incredibly expensive to them and it hurts them a lot. And that's a huge market for them to be able to address. And India is extremely price conscious and way more than U.S. buyers or European buyers are. And and and, and China. But it's growing. It's growing into that I, I can buy a premium phone market. Um, and it's like a billion people. <laughs> so they really they really want to think to grow manufacturing there. Um, Foxconn is a Taiwanese company, but they have plants in 
China and Mexico and other places, and they manufacture, they do that assembly, I should say, of um, iPhones and also things like, it's where Xboxes are made and Playstations and Kindles and, you know, just, they're, they're absolutely massive and they make a lot of products for a lot of companies. And so it's kind of a big deal for them to come out and say, well, it's not all going to be in China anymore. It's going to be in, it's going to be very multinational different manufacturing I think they were supposed to open a plant here. Did they? I think that fell through or? I think that fell through, yeah. There there was a big brouhaha about it because they got all this money or tax breaks and they never did it. I mean, that that could change now with this changing climate. I mean, since since coronavirus, all of this has kind of been on fast forward, whereas it was moving along very glacially and now it's just like, you know, everyone is is very attuned to what's going on in China. So I think this is going to happen a last fast, no matter what happens with the election. I think all of these changes are going to continue to take place. And, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing you know there are reasons to not want to support china right in at least in certain ways right it, you got to be careful about it but it's also i was thinking about this the other day where somebody explained that uh and i wish i could remember where i read the article that optimization and efficiency is fragile and the opposite and and the opposite is true as well uh, if you want to make something robust you make it inefficient whether that means having thicker metal so it's more durable or having redundancies so that when a part fails, your spaceship still operates or whatever, you know. And companies uh, today, including Apple, have made their supply chains incredibly efficient, but it's made them incredibly fragile. So as soon as there's tensions in a single country, it threatens their entire business. Because they make almost everything or all their most important products or whatever, you know, so much of so much of their entire bottom line is wrapped up around a hyper efficient supply chain that all runs through one thing. And then coronavirus really exposed how fragile these hyper efficient supply chains are when you can't get one part anymore and there's no one else to make that part for you or, you know, not immediately anyway. (laughs) So. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see that uh, what I think the entire market, including Apple and everybody else, may have discovered we went too far. <laughs> we went we made it too efficient, which made it too fragile. We have to back off and it's going to cost us a little more. It's going to be a little less efficient to manufacture more things in more places and all that other stuff. But it will make our business more robust and able to handle flexing changes in the world, whether it's a global pandemic or political tensions. And, you know, Apple is kind of uniquely attuned to the, the its 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 brand, its presence, its image. And, you know, having Tim Cook at the, at the top in charge of this is, 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 is pretty, pretty fortuitous since this is his, this is where he started supply chains, operations. I mean, this is, this is his bread and butter. So if anybody can kind of navigate, yeah, everyone this made easier. fun of having yeah. the ops guy. I mean, everyone was like, "You're having the ops guy be the CEO. It's going to be all about sales and not about making awesome new devices." Yeah, and all, then he all went of a sudden he's, he's he's worth a AirPod. billion bucks, yeah. and you know has a bunch of great yeah. products under his belt, and now says, "All right, now I can play because this is this is this is my yeah. game now." 
Well, that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 709. I'd like to thank Jason Cross. Thank you. And Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience, for tuning in. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, through SoundCloud, or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com. Or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you next time.